Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Craig. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. Today we're looking at Paris, France. Paris is one of the most well-known cities in the world. It's the city of love, the city of lights, the city of the Eiffel Tower, the Louvre, the Revolution. The list just keeps going on and on, doesn't it? It sure does. It's, um, you know, one of the world's most popular tourist destinations. It's probably one of the most advertised cities. Yeah, you always see images of the Eiffel Tower plastered all over travel agents' windows. Yeah, and um, sadly, according to TripAdvisor and some other people we know, probably one of the most overrated cities in the world. Definitely. I mean, it's so hyped up. And it's, I mean, it's a very nice city. There's no getting around it. But it's got so much hype around it that you expect it to be spectacular, wonderful, amazing, more than you ever hoped or dreamed. And how can anything live up to that kind of expectation? Yeah, it's tough. So Paris is both frustrated and um, enchanted us, I guess. And here's our guide. Before we start, though, we'd like to talk about our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Hostel Bookers. Hostel Bookers is a budget accommodation website that's run by travellers for travellers. As the only independent hostel booking website that doesn't charge a booking fee, they offer cheap prices and value for money that we, as travel enthusiasts ourselves, think that backpackers and budget travellers deserve. With hostels, guest houses, cheap hotels and apartments in over 2,500 destinations worldwide, you can check out each property before you book online. They've got thousands of customer ratings and reviews, pictures and videos of hostel rooms and amenities. So let's start with the fact box. Well, the name is Paris, and it's the capital of France in the north of the country. There's 2.2 million people there, and most of them speak French. Surprisingly. Although English is pretty widely spoken. We do advise, however, that you try to speak French, because the French can get a bit snarky. Um, It's known for the Eiffel Tower, the Louvre, and being the city of love. Temperatures are about 14 to 25 degrees Celsius in summer, Three to eight degrees in winter. Yeah, it gets pretty chilly. If you're flying in, you'll probably fly into Charles de Gaulle Airport or Orly Airport. There's also uh, Bouveti Airport, which is about 85 k's away. Yep, it's one of the budget ones. So it's Paris, but it isn't really Paris at all. (laughs) Yep. The price of a pint is about €7.50, price of dorm bed about €25, and price of a public transport ticket €1.60. If we think about the layout for a second, Paris is not unlike London in that it's circled by a motorway, which is uh, named the Boulevard Périphique, or the Peripheral Road. Quite apt, really, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Within the circle, the city's divided into 20 different districts, which are called arrondissements. They're numbered 1 to 20, spiralling out from the centre of the city. So the first arrondissement, which you'll see as 1ER, being the the premier, the first, um, is really the tourist starting point. And as you get further away, you get more and more, well, not really suburban, do you? Not really, but there just aren't as many attractions. So the inner circle, if you will, is um, arrondissements one to seven, and uh, it circles the Ile de la Cité and Ile Saint-Louis, which are the two islands in the middle of the River Seine. So around there you've got, what, the Arc de Triomphe, uh, Notre-Dame... Pretty much the Latin district, yeah. yeah. All of the um, all of the kind of typical tourist places. You'll probably find them in one to seven. So, what about accommodation? Well, budget accommodation in Paris is really, really, really crazily hard to find. Oh yeah, I mean, apart from a park bench, I would question whether true budget accommodation is really possible. There are some places, but you you really do need to book in advance. 
if you leave it too late, then you probably won't find anything in your in your price range. If you're traveling in a group, though, renting a furnished apartment is quite a good option. They can be booked for as little as two days, or they're even better value if you book for longer. Yeah, that's what we did on our second trip to Paris. There were um, five of us traveling together, and um, yeah, we managed to get a, a small place with a few rooms. It was still very expensive by our standards, but it was um, cheaper than anything else we could find. And it was central, which was really good. Yeah, now the first time we went, we stayed in a, an independent budget hotel that we found. Yeah, it wasn't particularly cheap either. It was still outside of our budget. Yeah, so it really gets tricky um, mm. when you're looking around. But some of the places to look out for are these uh, budget hotels. And there's a couple of chains around. Yeah, there's a tap. They're really good value. They're about 60 euros per room. So that's only 30 euros per person, which isn't that much more expensive than a dorm bed. They're usually located around the periphery of the city, though. But they can be accessed by public transport. Yeah, but you do end up spending quite a bit of time Going, going in and, and out, out yeah. and in and out. So, yeah, um, I guess it's just what you have to do. It's true. While we're talking about accommodation, we should mention our sponsors again, hostelbookers.com. While they agree that Paris is notoriously expensive, they offer plenty of chick and cheerful places to stay in the city. If you check out hostelbookers.com, you can browse and look through a range of properties online from boutique hostels in Montmartre to budget hotels in the city centre itself. Prices start at just €15 Euros per person per night for a shared room with hostelbookers.com. Okay, on to food. Well, French food, it's world-renowned, but can we find any in Paris? Not really, no. You don't see a lot of kind of mom-and-pop French restaurants around. You see a lot of Italian restaurants, a lot yeah. of Asian restaurants, but mm -hmm. there isn't really street-level French food. Yeah, so although, you know, Parisian cuisine is almost legendary and there's hundreds of restaurants to choose from, you're much more likely to be eating um, pizza or a kebab than pretty much anything else. However, there are hundreds of restaurants to choose from and, you know, there's the elite ones, there's traditional so, I mean, if you want a really, really good French meal, you can go up the top of the Eiffel Tower. We didn't manage it, but my sister has, and she says it's incredible. But if your budget doesn't stretch that far, there's lots of bistros around. Just choose one you like the look of. Now, if you can get out of the central area, if you can get away from the major tourist destinations, you will find that prices drop, and um, you're much more likely to be able to find somewhere that, you know, is enjoyable at a reasonable price. Another thing you can do is make lunch the main meal of the day. You might also be able to get a table for lunch at a trendy restaurant whose dinner reservations are booked out weeks in advance. Yeah, now that's quite a good way to go. Um, some French restaurants, or some Parisian restaurants, I should clarify, have um, lunch specials. And so that's a good way to uh, fill up if you're on a budget. We recommend you start the day with croissants and coffee or hot chocolate, either at your hotel or just in a cafe or, or bakery. Mm. And then snack on street food such as crepes and paninis as you explore the city. Yeah, um, that's what we quite often do. Um, but supermarkets are also a good option. You could self-cater, set yourself up a picnic and maybe sit in the gardens outside the Louvre or, you know, below the Eiffel Tower with a bit of fresh bread from a bakery, nice bit of cheese. Yep. Lovely. Also, quite a lot of restaurants have set menus, maybe three or four courses with wine thrown in, and it's a set price. So that might be something to, work, to consider if you're on a budget. Yeah, absolutely. 
It's a bit weird talking about Paris and France, which has all of this amazing food, and then when you go there on a reasonable budget, you can't actually afford to eat any French food. So, yeah, I have to say we much preferred eating out when we were kind of further south in some of the smaller towns and cities. This is true. All right, on to transport. Well, transport in Paris is really good. The Paris metro is fantastic, it's easy to use, and it's not too expensive either. Yeah, and there's buskers right through oh, the yeah, trains as well. Oh, so cool. This was one of the first times that, uh, that we found this in a major European city. But, yeah, sometimes as you're sitting on the, the metro, uh, you might have someone coming and playing guitar and singing or uh, playing the accordion. So, yeah. It's fun. It's all good. So when you're deciding how to travel on the metro, you need to first buy a ticket. There are lots and lots of different options. You can buy one ticket, you can buy ten tickets, you can get um, different passes. But the easiest way is just to get a carnet of ten individual tickets and use one for each journey. You can share them out among the members of your groups. You don't have to keep it to yourself. And it works out a lot cheaper than buying individual tickets each time. Although, if you're like us, you might end up with a couple left over and have to give them to someone who's (laughs) going to Paris next month. Just, uh, yeah, just don't <laughs> donate those leftover carnets. Um, your ticket's valid from for 90 minutes from the time that you validate it. So um, you can use it on the Metro, on the RER, which is the light rail, and um, also on the public bus network. So after you validate your ticket, you've got one and a half hours to use it. Yep, you can transfer between the different types of transport as well, and you can travel anywhere in the city. So mm. it's really easy, really simple, no problems. Just make sure you keep your ticket on you. Yeah, of course. Sweet. One thing I really enjoyed doing was walking, and um, I found Paris, well, the central arrondissements anyway, a great place to walk around. So shall we move on to our free attractions? Yes, definitely. And our first free attraction is... Walking? Walking. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. How's that for a nice segue? Very nice. Very nice. Great. Well, Paris is a really, really beautiful city to walk around. If you started the Arc de Triomphe and walked to Notre Dame, it's a really good way to introduce yourself to the city and see many of the major attractions. Yeah, absolutely. You'll walk down the uh, Champs-Élysées um, through the Tuileries Gardens to the Louvre. Then you'll um, head out of there over to your right. You'll come to the Seine and um, you just follow the Seine along to get to the Ile de la Cité. Um, you'll find Notre Dame and you just keep going a bit further and you'll end up in the Latin Quarter, which is um, quite a popular, lively kind of place to be. Yeah, from there we'd probably recommend catching the metro to the Eiffel Tower. You could keep walking, but it's kind of doubling back the way you've come. Yeah, we have walked it once, and we were so tired and grumpy by the time we actually got there. You know, it had kind of lost its spark, lost its magic. Yeah, definitely. So that's a lovely walk from the Arc de Triomphe down uh, the Champs-Élysées to the Louvre and then on to Notre Dame. But then it's definitely time for a break. Definitely. Other free attractions, well, there are lots of impressive churches that are worth a visit such as the Sacre Coeur in the 18th arrondissement and Saint-Chapelle in the 1st arrondissement. Yeah, um, picnicking, like we said before, can be great. There's lots of public parks, um, gardens, and, yeah, just drop into a little uh, supermarché and pick up some food or into a bakery. And, and there's uh, use of markets around as well, so... Yeah, it's all good. Seasonal attractions, well, um, it's winter for us right now. It's bucketing down in Auckland. But um, winter in France, you've got a whole lot of international music coming through. Um, I can't pronounce that, but there's the a big festival music festival. In rock up 
Yeah. Our French is somewhat less than fluent. It's a rock music festival. <laughs> um, there's Christmas markets, there's ice skating, and, um, of course, big New Year's, and then the January sales. Yeah, Craig, I know is, you want to get there for oh, that. Oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> right on the edge of, uh, cutting edge of haute couture. And, uh, yeah, January sales. Moving right Just along. Just my thing. Spring festivals. <laughs> <laughs> Spring festivals include Chinese New Year, which is celebrated in February. There's the Spring Fashion Week in March, which Craig will be going to this year, and the French Tennis Open in May. I look beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> also in May is the Nuit du, du Musée, which is museum night, where you can visit many of Paris's museums for free at night. Yeah, that's we were great. There. It was so cool. Luckily, Ben Stiller does not come. <laughs> uh, then you get on to summer, which is uh, my favourite time. Lots of events. Um, the gardens, of course, are just kind of full of greenery, full of flowers. Um, there's the Rendezvous au Jardin, which is um, a cool little event. Um, there's more music festivals. There's the Gay Pride Parade. Um, in July, there's Bastille Day, which is celebrated in a huge way. Oh, yeah, it's enormous. Um, and in Bastille Day, they celebrate with fireworks and festivals and all sorts of things all across the country, but especially in Paris, where the Bastille was. But no longer is because it was, you know, demolished. Demolished indeed. Moving on from there, we've got outdoor cinema. Um, there's an artificial beach on the banks of the Seine. So during summer, these things are all kind of kicking off. So that's around July. Um, Tour de France. Yeah, that starts and finishes in Paris. Excellent. And um, yeah. Lots, more rock festivals. Lots more music. Yeah. And then in autumn, Fashion Week comes back again. They have two Fashion Weeks. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I need to get over there for Fashion Week. Yes. <laughs> Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> right, on to some paid attractions. If you're a big fan of museums, you'll love Paris. There are so many different museums and art galleries that you can visit. Probably work out cheaper to get a Paris museum pass than to pay admission prices at each attraction. Um, you can get different versions of the pass from a two-day pass right up to however long you want to get it. So $32 for a two-day pass. If you really go at it for two days, then um, you can see the Louvre, the Musée d'Orsay, and the Centre Pompidou, which is the modern art museum. You can go up the Arc de Triomphe and into as many museums and art galleries as you can imagine wanting to visit. I think many, many more. The Louvre itself is a whole-day experience, really. Oh, yeah, definitely. You'll probably be going crazy by the end of visiting that many museums. <laughs> yeah. One thing I've always wanted to do and never been able to is visit the catacombs under the city. Oh, we were so disappointed because that was one of the ones that was advertised at the night... You know, the museums open at night, but then when we got there, it wasn't open at night, and so yeah, we missed out. they'd pulled out of the program for some reason, and um, yeah, that was our last um, last chance to go before we left the city for the second time, and um, was that was sad. it. It was indeed. Another thing you might want to pay to do is to go up the Eiffel Tower. It's one of those things that people do in Paris. Mm, it's never appealed to me. No, but. I mean, it's, I think just being around the Eiffel Tower is cool. It really is an interesting symbol. It's so symbolic but i don't really see the need to go up it it's not very tall mm. uh, thinking of guidebooks lonely planet's got europe on a shoestring and that's got quite a large feature of uh paris but if you're um doing a shorter trip then you could try their france or their specific paris guide rough guide's got um a similar range of europe france and paris guides and Fodders and Frommers and Rick Steves and Eyewitness and 
everyone else. There are so else. many. It seems like if you're going to write a guidebook, you write a guidebook to Paris. Yeah. Well, we like the wallpaper guides because they're beautiful and the moleskin guides for practicality because you can make your own notes in, the, in the, the notes section and it's mostly notes. You've just got a few pages at the beginning of Paris and they're quite comprehensive. Hmm. Um, on Twitter, I asked about people's favorite guidebooks and the blue guide came up, which I haven't seen. So we're going to look that up the, uh, the next time we head over. So where to next? We're in Paris. Where should we go? Well, um, I'd go and see some of France. I mean, being the main point, if you're coming in through the, uh, the Eurostar train station into, into France or, um, you're flying in, you've probably flown into Paris and, uh, before you leave, you'd do to actually, you know, try and get out and eat some French food. Definitely. <laughs> if you're a wine lover, the wine regions of Champagne, which is about 140 kilometres to the east, and Bordeaux, which is 500 kilometres to the south, they're definitely worth visiting. Um, you could head over to the French Alps if you're into skiing and snowboarding, um, go on a canal boat, which we did in central France and really enjoyed it. Now uh, you could travel around doing the whole food and wine thing. Each area of France has its own speciality, its own kind of food that it's known for. And even sometimes <laughs> going from uh, village to village, which were only 15, 20 k's away, um, you know, the style of food changes quite significantly. So it's great fun. If you're back in Paris after exploring France, a good idea is to explore more of Europe. Train travel is a really great option. You can get a Eurail pass or an Interrail pass, depending on where you're from, or you can just buy point-to-point tickets. We recommend you head up to Luxembourg, Belgium and the Netherlands, then go into Germany, head north to Scandinavia, or you can circle back through Poland, Czech Republic, Austria and Switzerland. There's so many. I mean, you've got so many yeah, options. that's right. How, how many choices can you have? Look at a map. Where do you want to go? Go there. Yeah, and using um, Europe's uh, budget airlines as well, Paris is maybe not the best hub, but it's pretty, it's pretty good. good. Uh, so you can get flights almost anywhere from Paris, and if you um, you can't get to where you want to go, it's only a couple of hours back to London, and from London you can fly pretty much anywhere. Yeah, there's so many options. I mean, have a look on a map, and um, Skyscan is quite useful for booking flights. You can often try booking from a different airport, for example, Basel. From Basel, you can get to Istanbul, whereas you can't get there from from Paris with a budget airline, or like you couldn't last year. So look at different options. Maybe catch a train to a different different hub, and then yeah, it's so easy. You're off and away. So thinking back over our trips to Paris, what would be your favourite memory? I think my favourite memory is just when we were wandering around the Latin Quarter looking for somewhere to eat. Okay, what was that like? Well, the Latin Quarter is not a very big area of Paris. It's near the Seine, but it's it's kind of an old section, lots of cobbled streets, quite narrow, and there's lots and lots of people, lots of the restaurants kind of spill out onto the streets, and it's just crowded and good smells, and ah, oh, it's just nice. Lovely. And what about you? What's your favourite memory? Um, I'd probably have to go with... Um I don't know, it's really difficult. Just walking around in general, I think. Um, certainly the walk down the Champs de Lisay springs to mind. Um, but perhaps a Scotsman's tour of the Louvre oh, would that was be... Pretty uh, cool. <laughs> we arrived late one afternoon and um, kind of wanted to go into the Louvre, but we didn't really want to go. We were kind of touristed out. 
And so we went down um, through the glass pyramid, down into the foyer in the bookshop, where we spent about 15 minutes looking at pictures of art in the bookshop <laughs> and decided that was quite enough. Thank you very much. It was shocking. And <laughs> in our defense, we do plan to go back to the Louvre at some point in our lives. That does not count as an authentic <laughs> experience. But it was fun. I mean, it was just so cheap. <laughs> oh, I know another good experience was when we were just walking around and we turned a corner. It was the first glimpse of the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. You know, this iconic tower that you've seen plastered everywhere. And the sun was setting, and it was all the, the sky was all pink, and there it was, the yep. Eiffel Tower. That was cool. That was. Um, there was a bagpipe band that we saw outside Notre Dame. Yes, that was, that was cool. That was weird and as the, well. the bread festival. Yes. It was also near Notre Dame. I think it was, yep. yeah. Same, same time, same place. Yeah. Thinking of Notre Dame, we've got a really good deal, huh? Yeah, it's really great. We've teamed up with a site called Audio Tripper. And what they do is provide downloadable uh, MP3 guides that you can put in your iPod and listen to while you walk around a place. And the best thing is that they've given us a free one for Notre Dame. That's right. So come to IndieTravelPodcast.com and there and only there you'll find a link to a free download of the MP3 guide to Notre Dame, which is pretty good. It's pretty brilliant. They're also giving us 50% off any of their guides using the coupon code Indie Travel. It's all going to be small letters. Um, so you can come and see that on the site, click through, and uh, most of their guides go for 99 cents each. So 50 cents a guide. It's very, very, very good value. It's pretty good going, huh? So um, yeah, that's on the site, IndieTravelPodcast.com. You can just um, click and on most, uh, most browsers. It'll either pop up in QuickTime or uh, prompt you to download it yourself. Yeah, and if you happen to be in Paris, you can walk around Notre Dame and listen to it there. Sweet. So before we finish off, uh, let's talk about our sponsor one more time. Yeah, Hostel Bookers. With no booking fee or hidden cost, Hostel Bookers offers a lowest price guarantee for booking budget accommodation. Recent independent research has shown that booking with Hostel Bookers can save you around 10 US dollars in some of the most popular destinations around the world. That's pretty good. Not bad, is it? To celebrate, they're running a fantastic competition, which um, I've entered myself. There are over 50 prizes, and the top prize is round-the-world tickets for two. Which, unfortunately, um, you won't win, because we're going to win it. But you can always try for one of the lesser prizes. Yeah. So (laughs) find out more at hostelbookers.com. Thanks for listening to uh, the Indie Travel Podcast Guide to Paris. And until next week, travel well.